And now, introducing the man who's been having second thoughts about watching any more Orioles games this season, insisting, quote, I recorded the encore of John Means' no-hitter and I've got YouTube clips of the 2014 offense. I'm pretty sure nobody's going to beat that super team, unquote. After grappling with the morality of leaving his family for a month in order to pursue a fully intensive cosmetic school boot camp, he assured his cohorts that any time spent away from home would pay off, quote, tenfold as soon as Ariana Grande responds to my fan mail, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Kyle. We're here. We've got much to do on a Friday edition of the program. Sure, there wasn't a no-hitter yesterday. That would have been fun, huh? I love that we were just like, didn't, you know, we... We were, we were fortunate to have so much open space on our show yesterday morning to talk about John Means' no-hitter. If we had booked all this stuff talking about horse racing and, and the Ravens then, we would have been disappointed. Have, we just moved it. Well, maybe. I don't know why that's hard. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Did you even announce that you're not, not a good producer? Is yeah. that what you were trying to do there? Guilty. I really failed, and so, uh, you <laughs> so know. So then we succeeded. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? You could just go with. Kobe. You could just go with. We had a great show yesterday. I had a great time, by the way. John Means, I watched it finally yesterday. Oh, it was good. Yeah. It was good. A little bit less uh, dramatic, if you will, seeing as how the you know, spoiler alerts had been, you know, not given prior. But fun. I recorded it, so I'll always be able to go back and watch it and say, I didn't see this live. Okay. All right. I mean, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just really taken aback by how you started today's show. I'm just really... That was what you had to offer yeah. at the start of things. Mm-hmm. Nobody was thinking anything like that. No, no, no. Of course nobody not. was like, they probably had a terrible day planned and <laughs> they got bailed out by John Means throwing a no hit. Nobody was thinking that. No. They just know we had a, a nice show come That's together. Right, it was a good time. Hi. Hi. It's uh, Glenn Clark Radio <laughs> from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Uh, am I zoomed in too much? Am I? Is that? It's possible. That These days, it's possible. Yeah, you never know. You never know what might be going on. Coming up on the program today. Terrible day ahead. <laughs> Why are you listening? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> what the hell is going on in the world? Uh, coming up on the program today, we're going to chat with uh, the legendary Bob Baffert, of course, Medina Spirit, uh, won the uh, Kentucky Derby. You might have heard. And um, is headed to the Preakness. And Bob Baffert's won a lot of those, too. He's won a lot of derbies. He's won somehow even more Preaknesses. Uh, pretty decent run that guy has had. We will talk to him about um, the Medina Spirit and the field moving towards Baltimore. All that coming up here a little bit later on this morning. Speaking of legends, I, these words make no sense. Edward James Olmos is going to join us this morning. An absolute icon in the Yearly film. tradition here at Clark, Clark Radio. Sometimes you just say things, you're like, sure, sure, we'll do that. Edward James almost joins the program. Uh, he has a new golf movie out today. It's called Walking with Herb that also stars George Lopez and Kathleen Quinlan and apparently Christopher McDonald. A golf movie with Christopher McDonald. Hmm, interesting. We'll talk to him about that a little bit later on in the program. We'll also just talk to him about being Edward James almost. It's unbelievable. Uh, also coming up on the show, Quincy Roche, Newtown alum, Baltimore zone. 
a little bit of an awkward uh, deal. Uh, he got drafted by the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty outspoken about, you know, I guess what's he going to say, first of all. But yeah. hurts a little bit. It hurts. It hurts. We'll talk to him about all that, and we'll talk to him about the, uh, the whole whole thing and the fact that he slipped way further than I think right. most of us were expecting him to is he ended up going in the sixth round. Lots of opportunities to take Quincy Roche. Lots of teams passed, including the Baltimore Ravens. On I multiple don't, occasions. don't know if they're going to come to regret that I, one, I but they just might. I don't know either. We'll talk to uh, Quincy Roche about that a little bit later on in the program. So that's all coming up on the show today. <sighs> I am Glenn Clark for Window Nation. And my thoughts on Window Nation would be that if you act right now, not only will you get 50% off every, every single style of window, but also... You can put no money down. You can make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months, two whole years. If you listened to the Graham and Sam show earlier in the week, my son was very excited because the Tooth Fairy gave him two, yeah, two whole dollars. dollars. He could have given him half dollars. Could have given him. That's, pretty happy that's the way it worked. I would have thought yeah. that he was very excited about two whole dollars. Would he have been more excited about two whole dollars or two, a two-dollar bill? I don't think he would have had any clue what a $2 bill was. So I think the two individual dollars dollars were much better. But the point being, you don't even have to pay two whole dollars for two full years when you get your new windows from Window Nation. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. 866-90Nation, windownation.com, Window Nation, the perfect fit. Orioles get back into action tonight, taking on the Red Sox. Um, I... I guess we need to have the more of the awkward conversation today because we celebrated a little yesterday. We tried to do more celebration yesterday and kind of avoided the awkwardness of it. I mean, we brought it up at one point during the show, but I didn't want to make it the focus of yesterday because I thought the focus of yesterday was celebrating. I mean, we brought it up with Jim Palmer. He didn't want to go too far it's down awkward. that road. It's awkward. He made it very clear what his opinion right. was without wanting to say too much about it. And I get it. He works for the team. He doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. He knows they might make a decision that they might make. And, you know, he just doesn't want to be that guy. But he he made it clear. He said, what are you, you going to trade John Means for a guy that you hope might be John Means? I mean, what are you doing? But the conversation has to be had. Like, you have to have the conversation and you have to have it in context of the insane value you think you might be running into with this pitcher and whether it's more value for you or perhaps for someone else. And that's a very difficult conversation to have because it is somewhat hypothetical, right? As I said yesterday, I, I can't see it right now, but there is some world in which John Means doesn't pitch quite this well for a couple of starts now between now and the uh, trade deadline. And if that's the case, maybe it's not the insano trade value versus you know, just he being... Could afford, he could afford a couple of bad starts. He could afford a couple of <laughs> bad starts, yes, and still have really, really good numbers. Like, there is no question about that. His numbers could still be quite good, and he could still be valuable in terms of his salary not being all that much and having years of team control. And but If he pitches a sub-1-5, then yeah, I mean... Well, I mean, that's right. right. Correct. That's absurd. That conversation has to be had, and it doesn't... I say it has to be had. The decision, it's be, it's of course, being had. The, the decision, of course, doesn't need to be made today no, because we're in May. 
But this is exactly what a rebuild is about. Yes. Yes, it is. Although, I think there are people that would like to believe that we are three years into the rebuild and three years in, these aren't the conversations you're having It's still a difficult sort of vague conversation to have. The team is nearly 500 right now, right? Correct. Playing with a handful they, of they guys. They win tonight, they're a 500 baseball team. Playing with a handful of guys who are young, once thought of draft picks, guys that are their success, relative as it may be in a short sample, is perhaps enough to make one think that this is a lot closer than they thought, mm-hmm. right? That like perhaps it's not 2023 it's a, we're talking about, right? That of I course, mean, like why, like why wouldn't it be I next mean, year, right? By like, the way, that that part of it makes it particularly awkward to have the conversation today, just because. And I get 2023 is already a sort of elusive, mm-hmm. you know, lofty goal. So. For those people who were convinced that it was going to be then, why would you ever trade John Means, right? Because, of course, it's going to overlap. Potentially. In their minds. Yep. I don't know how they're evaluating internally, right? Maybe Gunnar Henderson is knocking on the door, and they know that had he had a full season last year, he'd be at double A, playing great, and would be a can't-miss middle infield prospect to go alongside Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, all of the above, right? I'm hard-pressed to, to think there's a world in which they believe that versus— You understand what I'm saying, right? Like, he's—in two games, hit great. Super. Love it. <laughs> I understand. Everybody talks about him as being the guy that would be, you know, like most likely to ascend to that next tier of prospects. And even still, you're talking about a situation where he would have to be a precocious 20-year-old, you know, stud. You know, Juan Soto-esque, coming to the big leagues and just performing right out the gate. Sure. Love it. Would absolutely no, want, it. Yes, by all means. Let's sign up for it. And Is like, there a place we were registered? Right. If that's possible, then I would probably keep John Means, right? Like, if the Orioles... Man, it gets complicated this season if they keep saying 500 and and they keep having Pedro Severino behind the plate and Adley Rutschman's playing well. Like, you know, do you have to consider it kind of thing? And what would that do to this discussion? Oh, it's it's absolutely complicated. If the Orioles are in contention, and contention isn't just, like, holding a playoff spot, it's being anywhere sort of in the neighborhood of 500. Neighborhood. It's being within a few games of 500. It's being within eight of the wild card, probably. Something like that. Right. Maybe 10. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it's, It makes it very difficult for you to turn around and tell a fan base, yeah, but we're trading away the best pitcher that maybe we've had since Mike Messina. That's a really difficult thing to do when you're not that far away. Now, is it easier to do in a year, let's just say, Either we've gone back to the more full stadiums and the crowds still aren't that big or there still aren't full stadiums. It's There is some world in which Orioles fever has still not caught on locally and the disappointed part of the fan base is only the most hardcore part of the fan base and those are the people that you have anyway. Well, there are some people who are you know, starting to kind of take notice of this team also. 
some. Like my best bud is my, my best bud, you know. He texted me after the means performance. Well, I mean, he's he's not he's a he's an Orioles fan when they're good. Every everybody is of gonna course. notice when a team th- when a guy throws a no hitter. Everybody in town is going to notice no that. There's a big difference between that and now I need to be out at the ballpark on Monday night. They followed that up in a, in a year in which they can only put so many thousand people in the stands. They followed it up by sending out an email yesterday offering a flash sale of $10 tickets to come see the Orioles against the Red Sox. It has not led to Orioles fever. That hat Saturday is pretty cool, actually. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, that Eli the Giants Eli, hat? Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's not – this is not a – Suddenly, the entire city is feeling the Orioles because John Means threw a no hitter. It made him pay attention for a day. Oh, and when for Means sure. pitched, people would be more inclined, perhaps, to probably more. And I don't probably, know what that means, right? right. Like how probably many more inclined, um, but not. I get it. It's not. It's not right. It's, know, it's it's not a celebrity or a real no, true it's not, f- it's, surefire we're, we're not there, level. We're not there yet. yet. Right. But I mean, but if he keeps stacking performances like this, yeah, one hundred percent. It'll be the first time the Orioles have had that in a while. If he continues to stack performances, then absolutely, it create a scenario when when he pitches, it's the Felix Hernandez day sure. thing that uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg wrote about. It's the thing mm-hmm. where a city comes to life on the day that a certain pitcher pitches and everybody takes notice and everybody pays attention. That thing that we've been desperately waiting for for a long time since Mike Messina in Baltimore. Could it be coming? Quite possibly. Are we there yet? No. And by the way, it might also be the argument for why this is the time to do it. Don't allow that to happen and then trade the guy. Why allow a city to fall in love with someone only to trade him? If you're going to trade him, trade him now, right? I don't know. I don't know if that you don't that's, know what that's the, not the best reason to do it, right, but it's, I mean, it's, it's part it's of the conversation. It's that you know, the offers only get better as you near the trade deadline kind of thing, and you could get more. Oh, well, that, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a scenario where you hold on to him for a year or so, sure. and you start creating, like, next year where there's a real John Means Day feel in Baltimore. I, 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 let, me get, let me get some responses. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter is how to get in, of course, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K, at Glenn Clark Radio. From Bob, the uh, overall player value might be better as a trade chip, but at some point in the process, you have to say it's time to plant him as an ace for other young pitchers to join in a rotation. It's a close call, but I'd say keep him. From Thomas, Thomas says, I think John Means can be the rallying point for the Orioles of the 2020s. Um, I, I don't know what that means. No, no, no pun intended. I don't know what that means necessarily. The rallying nobody knows point. what it means. It's provocative. Yeah, it gets the people going. It gets the people going. I just don't. I, I don't know what a rallying point. Like you're, you're saying he's the, he becomes the face of the rebuild instead of Adley Rutschman. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that works. That's the. I, it's semi, semi-similar to the conversation we were having about Cedric Mullins the other day. John Means a little bit little bit younger. This is a tough – John Means sort of makes this a tough conversation also because of the style of pitcher he is. At 26 mean? years old, mm-hmm. I mean, if he were a guy who was doing this on just overpowering people, mm-hmm. like a cinder guard sort of thing, and it was like the stuff was almost like I don't know how long he could keep throwing like this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the conversation would be different. But I don't – I mean, John Means has gotten to where he is right now from refining his pitching ability. By the way, it's not 26. He's 28. He's 28? He's 28, too. This is the this is the awkward part about yeah, – That's different. Like, he's 28, which means that he'd be coming up on a contract at 31. I agree. Look, I, I think that this is a situation where the – 
I was just, I mean, I don't know. Zach Grinky is a guy that feels like similar, you know, velocity mm-hmm. to what Means kind of is. Obviously, different sides, like throws righty and Means is a lefty. But I'm trying to see if I could find comparables and how they've aged. And Grinky's obviously stayed effective well into his 30s. You know, it would be a sound bet if it was that path that John Means would have five good years left in him. I don't know who else, like, I, I don't know who else is a good comparable to try to figure out yeah, how he's... hopping he's, out at 95. He only has 250, 60 career innings on him. And it's an interesting conversation that sort of is applying to the Aaron Rodgers thing also here. The idea that because Aaron Rodgers missed three seasons that his arm is fresher. Well, I haven't thrown a baseball in 15 years. This is the early, that's not that many, that's eight, ten. Right. Does that mean my arm is incredibly fresh and I'm ready to go out there? And like, there's a certain level where age is going to counteract whatever inactivity gave you as far as, you know, innings left or pitches or throws left in your arm. Oh, you can't. I mean, you can't overcome the way the body changes. You can't. You we, can't. We thought. We think, and there's still there's evidence out there to say that you can certainly. There's every now and then someone can, right. but it's not. You you still can't defy science to this. So, point. like, let's say John Means is throwing ninety instead of ninety four or ninety five. I think he can still be effective spotting with his changeup, presuming that it stays with the same fade. But I don't know, I mean, to think that he's going to be this. Right, for another six, seven years. You're hard-pressed. I get it. Uh, from John L., I think the Eric Bedard trade is the proper barometer. If you can get that level of a return, it's something you have to consider. This is obviously the difficult thing. When they made the Eric Bedard trade then, we didn't know what type of return they were getting. You thought, at, you thought Bedard could continue to pitch at a, also, like, I think to be fair. No, but, f- nobody, I mean, well, but nobody liked Eric Bedard. There's a, a few things there. Nobody in town liked Eric Bedard. Eric Bedard was one of the least likable humans sure. that ever came through this organization. And so nobody was bothered. The team stunk, and they didn't like the guy. So at this point, at that point, we would have been happy to see Eric Bedard go for just about anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody was really all that interesting in watching, interested in watching Eric Bedard pitch more. It, it, he was, he was good. Yeah, Seattle was, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. He, was, he was good, yeah, he was but really, he was so bloody. Was at a time where he pitching was, deep into games was valued, he never really he, did. He took himself out yeah. of games. He was so unlikable and so uninterested that they didn't need to get that much of a return. Now, obviously, what Andy McPhail got helped change the course of the organization. But the point being, we didn't know that then. It wasn't as if Adam Jones was thought of as a rock star prospect as much as he was thought of as an intriguing prospect. Well, he was a guy who had really good strikeout numbers, and there was like, man, what, imagine if you could tap into it fully, right? Like, imagine if you could get him to be a go seven or eight deep a game. I'm not talking about, I was talking about Adam Jones. Oh, I was talking about Bedard. I'm sorry. I apologize. Like, I apologize. Like, like, I was like, I don't think that everybody was talking about Adam Jones striking. Well, he did pitch teams. well. Yeah, he did. He That's a actually, high schooler. That is actually true. Um, I, he was an intriguing prospect, but he was not a rock star. He was not a game changer when he showed up in Baltimore. He was a guy was that toolsy. people thought of as a potential major league outfielder and not a lot more than that. And as it turns out, he was a lot more than that. Um, so, so sure, 
sure, and obviously nobody thought Chris Tillman was going to be a a a number one type of pitcher in baseball, and and he he wasn't he was a number one on a team that didn't have a number one. He sure. wasn't an ace in baseball, but he was quite he was definitely this team's best starter for some time. So, to, with all of that said, yeah, I mean it's easy to say if you can get an Adam Jones and a Chris Tillman and a George Sherrill type of player in a trade, then that's worth trading John Means for, sure. It's it's easy to say that, but you don't know that when you make the trade, and that's the difficulty of it for a fan base. Now, frankly, I think you should be able to get higher-level prospects for John Means than you were able to get for Eric Bedard because John Means is pitching even, even better than Eric Bedard was. But... There's got to be a team that's willing to make that move. And just because they're higher-level prospects doesn't mean that it's going to work out. And that's the, the trickier part of it. Even if you get that type of offer, there's no guarantee that those players become the guys that you need them to be. It's, it makes it all very difficult. From Sam, Sam says, I don't see a realistic scenario for justifying a trade. I think trading him when he's under team control for four more years would send a terrible message to the guys on the team now, presumably a handful of whom you're hoping can be part of the successfully rebuilt Orioles. That would not factor into my decision. That, hoping, again, sure, you could say that you're hoping that they can be part of the successfully rebuilt Orioles, but practically... I'm still not there with – I mean, we just had the conversation about Cedric Mullins yesterday. Could he be? Maybe. But is that where his best value will prove to be for this team? Or will his best value also be in a trade? Because you're talking about guys that are in their upper 20s, not young players, upper 20-year-old guys that their timeline for when they're due for to get paid puts them in their 30s and a team only starting to come into where we think they might be in a rebuild process. So as well as Mullins has played, and as exciting as it is, is is he part of that? I don't know. Mountcastle, of course, could be if we dismiss the fact that he got off to a brutal start this year. We still think that Ryan Mountcastle is very much part of it. You could squint and think that a couple other guys maybe could be part of it. You could squint and say, I think maybe Bruce Zimmerman could be part of it or maybe Dean Kramer could be a part of it. DJ Stewart you know, squint. You got to really squint. You got to really squint to think that DJ Stewart's part of it or, you know, an Austin mm-hmm. Hayes. You got to really squint on some of these guys. I, I'm not – I just don't think there's – there are still that many guys who are either significant parts of it or you're very confident are a part of it at this point. The guy you're probably most confident about is the guy that's had the the roughest season, frankly. Um, And so I don't think that would be a factor for me in making the decision, which doesn't mean you don't, you know, that doesn't mean you have to trade him. It just means I'm not making this decision based on the message that it sends to DJ Stewart. DJ Stewart's got to figure out if he's a baseball player or not. John Means, to me, is not an impact on whether or not DJ Stewart can help you long-term. That's just not a thought process that I'm going to have. From, from uh, Craig, you have an ace for a bit now. You don't flip that when you have prospects already coming, in my opinion. I mean, if the argument, if, the, if what you're saying is this is really about Adley Rutschman and when you think he's going to be here and 
you want to create an Adley Rutschman John Means combo for the next couple of years? Like I'll hmm. I'll listen. I'll listen. If the argument is we think there's no world in which Adley Rutschman isn't on the major league team next year. And if Adley Rutschman is good as everybody believes he is, and you have an ace who's legitimately among the best pitchers in baseball, then really how far away are you from there? I'll listen to that argument. I would say I still don't think you're 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 a, a team to beat. I still don't think that you're a a that those even Adley Rutschman panning out immediately I mean, like the middle, upon getting the middle the infield is a pretty glaring. Yeah, it's an issue. It's an issue. I mean, There's no getting like, around it. It's a major issue. And you I mean, this is next year is the shortstop class, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's the thought. Look, I'm not out here advocating for I going saw, and signing I, Trevor Story or whoever it would be the right. most Well, I mean, I just don't I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any world in which that's But you understand current. what I'm saying, right? Like, I think, by the way, I saw, I don't remember, it was, it was Jim Callis, I believe, had a new mock draft yesterday. I'm going to make sure I've got this right. I did see MLB.com put up a new mock draft yesterday, and I believe, yeah, it was Jim Callis. And they had, uh, by the way, they did not have either of the Vanderbilt pitchers going number one. Jim Callis had uh, Good year to be number three, huh? Jordan Lawler, the shortstop from Dallas, going number one, which like, I've, I've heard a lot school? about that guy. I have heard a ton. He's that good. About that dude. He's that effing good. He, had, he had lighter at two. He had another shortstop at three, Marcelo Mayer from uh, California, going to Detroit at three, and then Kamar Rocker at four to the Red Sox, and then the Orioles taking another shortstop. Brady House, uh, who I've heard a good bit about from Georgia, who's got a bit of power. University of Georgia? No, a high school kid from Georgia. Whatever. Give me some toolsy shortstop prospects and why not? I mean, sure. I get it. Right. It would be nice like, to have one sure. of the top four picks. Yes, it seems like, or whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to go too far with that. Um, it, you're still hard-pressed to believe that they're, they're close. You're still hard-pressed to believe that even if they have two things that are definitely working – and let's just say that they hold on to Cedric Mullins and Cedric Mullins is still definitely working. Mm-hmm. So you feel really good about three things on your team. What else do you feel really good about? Well, this is also in the scenario where Grayson Rodriguez and Dio Hall progress, right? Like they progress, but you're, I, I'm talking about next year. I'm aware, and I, I'm, I'm maybe you, I think maybe Hall pitches so different. well this year that Hall's here. And I don't and, think that it's quite so much these days that guys can't come up and succeed. I'm 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 giving you Adley Rutschman comes up immediately and it. succeeds, pitchers, which is but pitchers is what I'm saying. Like I think that it's a in the drive line. I I understand what you're saying. Era. I think that these I, guys are a little bit more refined. I'm, I can't give you. I cannot give you after we've seen DL Hall for all of one start at Double A. That next year DL Hall is a high level major league pitcher. I hear you. Which is it's, it's not. It's not to say it can't happen. It's, it's not, not to say it's impossible. There are, it's there saying are long it's, odds for any pitcher. I'm well I, aware. I can't put it into. It cannot be reasoned today that DL Hall next year is a high level major league pitcher. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Well, there's I, been no. You can't. You'd have to see a lot more between now and then to feel right. any. Level and by the of way, you might you might see significantly right. more before the trade deadline this year, and maybe that does impact the decision that you might make. Um, uh, this is from uh, FW. Love it. Who? What's going on with FE Santangelo? 
Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I don't care, obviously, but I saw a tweet that was floating around yeah. about like an accusation that was made against him mm. that wouldn't have been that would not have been good. Okay. There's well, no doubt fair that it would not have been good. We'll leave so. it at that. Um, who thinks that the comparison to uh, the Eric Bedard trade is nonsensical, says, not the same. Timing is different. Farm system was barren when McPhail took over. It was necessary to restock. To me, this would be akin to trading an ace when Weeders and Machado were close to making their debuts. Would have been nice to have an ace in 12-16. to 16. So I would have to be blown away with an offer. I'm not looking to make a trade. One, I think mean strengths can age well. I think he will be a valuable starter three years from now. That matters. And at the stage of rebuild where it's time to be competitive, strong prospects on the way, build a winning culture. I don't know. I, like, I, don't, I don't know that he couldn't be effective at 90 to 91 miles per hour. Well, but I mean, I also think that you're assuming that it falls back to 90. When, when do you think that that's where it's falling back to? I mean, the idea I that, think that, that it's not in re- look, pitchers these days mm-hmm. are pretty much comfortably throwing in the 90s into their early 30s, right? I like, think into the early 30s, they're still throwing into the mid-90s. Right. I would say yeah. that by 33, I would, if you were to make me have to bet right now, like what is John Means touching at 33? Probably say maxing out at 93 or 94 would be my gut. So, I, I mean, I, I'm... This is silly speculation, and it's silly speculation that we're doing because we have we have really no idea. But if he can locate, does it matter? Oh no, I I don't think so. I think he can still be a very high level pitcher. I think everybody keeps using the term "blown away." Ivan got in as well. He's a free agent after the 2024 season. That said, he will also be 31 after that year. It never hurts to listen to a trade offer, but I think the Orioles would have to be blown away to move him. It's also too early to talk extension with him. So the point being. Yes, when you all say you have to be blown away, that's the point. The point is, you think that you would be. You think that you've got a guy that multiple teams would be saying we've got to. You'd be presenting something unlike anybody could offer. You'd be presenting a player that's not going to cost you a lot of money. He's currently the most, the highest wins over placement of any pitcher by a wide margin. He was before his no hitter. Yes, pitching, pitching out of his mind, and. He's under team control for another three years. All of those things are tantalizing. So no yeah, it's one... like it's like yeah. If you trade him, what if he pitches like this for the next? Like, what if you give away? It's like that's the point, right? That's what that's teams what are trying to trade trading. for. Yeah. You think you're trading a guy that somebody wants to take on because this might be what you're getting for another three years at next to no cost. I mean, not next. No, he's going to be arbitration sure. eligible. He's going to make money in arbitration, but not but at under team control guaranteed. Correct. So. Yes, of course you'd have to be blown away. At no point would anyone ever suggest you're just trading John Means for the sake of trading him. That's nonsensical. We're saying you are blown away. Now what? It's not a, you know, you have to be blown Okay, take any equation off the table where you're not blown away. Once upon a time, the, it was rumored the Orioles were about to get Dustin May, Corey Seager, and, I like, mean, you know, some right, other guy right. for Manny Machado. Correct. I mean, these are the potential influxes of talent that you could bring into your right. organization by trading a John Means. And I'm not that's the that's the question that we're asking. It's not trading him for the sake of trading him. I, I think everyone can recognize. And somebody would say, well, Dustin May is getting Tommy John right now. It's fine. 
Six, of course. As of two weeks ago, sure. reconsider that. But that is part of the risk that comes with baseball. It's uh, exactly the way it works. Baseball. Unfortunately, Tom, John Means of might course. need Tommy John surgery at some point. Every single one of these guys might need something sure. like that at, the, at some point. The conversation we're having is, do you get something overwhelming? The two choices are something overwhelming or John Means. And I don't know the answer. I'm not telling you there is an answer. That's what makes this all so awkward. But that's the reason for having the conversation. From Paul Novilando, probably the best pitcher the trade trip the Orioles have had since Eric Bedard. If he maintains this level of dominance or close to it into June, would have to think you can get two to three high-level prospects from a contending team. If they can, well, that's I'd a, you better it. That's at a minimum. If you don't get at least three. Well, I mean, I think it, if, if you're getting two, two top 15 two, prospects. Yes. I, I mean, like you. ridiculously I hear unbelievable prospects. I'm not going to, you know, split hairs about. Yeah, but I would have rather had a third guy if he was more like a a top 30. I, I would still think there's going to be at least another guy in that I, deal. Maybe. Right. I don't I don't know what it I I have no I idea do. what it is, but I don't know whether they're going for quantity it, or quality he here. He also might be saying you get two really high prospects and two low-level prospects that flyers, are that you yes. scouted well and whatever it sure. is. Whatever it is, that's the package. Um I says I would pull the trigger with DL Hall, etc. not that far away. Um, and from Victor, this shouldn't even be up for consideration. Means is not the type of guy you trade for prospects. He's the ace that you build your entire team around. He raises the level of play from everyone around him, and the Bedard comparisons are irresponsible. Bedard was a me-first type of guy that you trade for top-end prospects. Means is a fan and clubhouse favorite. Well, the comparisons are valuable lefty, sort of valuable being... Probably Nobody, yeah. Idea. Nobody's comparing John Means to Eric Bedard. We're right. comparing it to the haul that yeah. you got for Eric Bedard that reset your organization. Now, I I don't disagree with the idea that it was empty. You had you had to trade everyone for whatever you could get when you were Andy McPhail. You were entering into the empty situation where there was nothing here. Mm-hmm. Now you're entering into an organization that's had a couple of drafts, that's had opportunity to put some talent into the system. That's still not as overwhelming as people want to make it out to be. There is this belief now, because it's better than it was, that it's suddenly flush. It's flush with potential. It's not flush with well, they're they're lacking. Certainty. They're lacking bats. They're lacking middle infield bats. They're lacking outfielders. And it's ironic because they've I got mean, a lot of outfielders up right now that are playing, and that like, right. we're hope. I mean, and 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 Heston Kerstad is such a question mark in that because if if Heston Kerstad is okay, then and you would pencil him in and say he's our right fielder. Correct, but without that, without knowing when Heston Kerstad is going to play baseball and all of these things, it's it's tough. It's just tough, and how you view that and. The fear of, I don't want to say a wasted second pick because that's unfair right now, but the fear of... What was a can't miss, surefire... Or should have been, even if you think it was a reach, still a top player... The floor was still incredibly high. Correct. That's a tough thing to be stomaching at the moment and and makes... I'm hopeful that that's... Yes, you're certainly hopeful. Him getting up to speed. You're, you're, and you're one, hopeful that he's okay. Absolutely. And two, you're hopeful that he still turns out to be of course. A, a, a prospect like what the Orioles thought they were getting when they drafted him number two overall. But yes. currently there's, you know, with him on the shelf right now. Oh, it's a tough it's a tough judgment of where the Orioles are. banging down the door in the outfield. As in far sense. as bats are concerned, no doubt about it. 
Continue to get me your responses. We'll talk about it throughout the course of the morning. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, Quincy Roche is a Baltimore native. He has been, been working with Ed Reed, dreaming of running out of the tunnel at M&T Bank Stadium, and he's going to get to do that with the Steelers. Quincy Roche, Baltimore's own, drafted by the Steelers, is going to join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off 
every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le champion. Chris Jericho. Le champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here on Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota. Oh, I just did that one. I just did that one, gang. We don't need to do I mean, we still love them. Let me make that very clear. I'm not taking anything away from your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. But today's show in particular, also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. Hey, real quick, uh, we had uh, a winner chosen for the comedy show tickets for tomorrow night in Haverty Grace uh, to see Justin Schlegel. And that winner got back to me yesterday and said that someone in their house tested positive. So I'm not going to say anything about who it is. I don't know, you know, I mean, like somebody. So I wish them the best. It pairs to not be all that uh, concerning at this point. Everybody seems to be doing okay. So that's the good news there. The bad news is we still want somebody to go. We got the tickets to give away. Well, it's good news for somebody. So I'm going to try again today. If you want to go see Justin Schlegel tomorrow night, uh, big time in comedy, up in Haverty Grace at the State Theater, I got two tickets for you. For you. Just hit me up on Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio, and say, I want them. I like when you say, I want it, because then people wonder what it is that you're talking about. It makes me happy. But you can just say, I want them, so it's less awkward. At Glenn Clark Radio, say, I want them. I'll pick somebody at random today and give them two tickets. Um, support the Kelly's Dream Foundation tomorrow night to see Justin Schlegel at the State Theater in Haverty Grace. Um, he's a very funny man. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great time. So we'll get you two tickets to go see that show tomorrow night. All you got to do, hit me up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Say, I want them. And we will pick someone today to go check that out tomorrow night. Very good. All right. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule. And he's all over the place getting ready to start of his NFL career. But an opportunity to catch up with the Baltimore native, Quincy Roche, right here on GCR. Well, our next guest did hear his name called in the NFL draft last weekend, but it's a little awkward for us, and we're just going to have to go ahead and deal with that right now, as he, of course, is the pride of Newtown. Um, but he's a uh, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler now, and that uh, that's a weird thing to say. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program Baltimore's own Quincy Roche, who's with us on GCR. Quincy, we're saying congratulations, but you have to understand it's a real – it's a real difficult congratulations for us to say. Thank you for taking the time for us, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, dude. All right, I am. Uh, I'm really worried about this. Um, 
You uh, you slipped a little bit further than I thought you were going to, and it ends up being Pittsburgh. How worried should we be that you are now hell-bent on making sure the Baltimore Ravens know that they let you slip for the next few years when you face off against them? Um, I don't think it's just a thing against the Ravens. Um, you know, obviously I like to start by saying I appreciate this opportunity. Um, it's a huge blessing to be drafted in any round. Sure. Um, but, you know, um, I don't even know how many DNs were, were drafted before me. Um, you know, definitely it's a chip on my shoulder. Um, definitely I feel some type of way about it. And it's not just the Ravens, but all 30, there's really all 32 teams. I mean, 31 teams. Um, you know, I'm, I'm set out to prove why I should have been drafted way, way, way higher. No, I understand that, man. And I'm I'm nervous about what that's going to mean for a lot of us in the coming years because I know how good of a player you are. And that's going to be crazy. All right, so so I'm sure there was an amount of disappointment that went into it. But still, when you get the call, when when you know you're drafted and you know you're headed somewhere, it, uh, is the moment still just as special no matter where it is, no matter when you get that call? Definitely. Um, it's special no matter where it is. Um, y'all know, as y'all may know, you know, growing up in the Baltimore area, um, y'all, y'all know what the rivalry is, but – it's a blessing to be drafted anywhere. You know, I'm a Steeler now. Um, I'm aware of the black and black and gold, black and yellow with pride. Uh, um, uh, and, and yeah. Oh, we hate that so much. We hate that <laughs> so much, Quincy. You know, it, it's funny you say that. I think when we talked a few months back, we talked about whether or not it might be awkward for anybody in your family. Is is there anyone in particular that that you're friends with or part of your family that's such a massive Ravens fan? that this was uncomfortable for them to congratulate you over the weekend. Yeah, uh, so, like, I mean, y'all, as you may know, uh, you know, that's a lot of pride in this city um, around the Ravens. Uh, my parents are longtime Ravens fans. Um, a close friend of mine, you know, he 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 wears a Ravens hat everywhere he goes. <laughs> he got the Ravens tags on his car. He got Ravens seats. Um, but even he's wearing a terrible towel now. So you know, um, I, I think one oh. step at a time, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get them converted. Man, oh God, it's gonna be. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I can only imagine how uncomfortable it must be. <laughs> you know, Quincy, did did you have a feeling like had you connected with the Steelers during the process? Did you have some a- some weird feeling? Actually, like- we didn't talk much um, during okay. the process. Uh, we didn't talk much during the process. I maybe talked to him one time, maybe. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm really glad that they did draft me. Um, you know, I think it's a great fit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great organization. Um, you know, there's some stability there. Um, you know, there's always going to be defensive pieces around you. Um, and just the culture, and I'm excited to get to work. It's that thing where I know it's true, but I still don't like you saying it. Quincy Roche with us here on Glen Clark Radio. Quincy, the other part of it that, that, that jumps out at me is that I, I, I know you watched Raven-Steelers games. Like, I, I know you did, and you're going to get an opportunity to run out of the tunnel at M&T Bank Stadium for a Raven-Steelers game, and it might not be the same as perhaps some kids around here dreamed of it being growing up, but has has that hit you yet? Like, what that's going to be like for you to be able Um Yeah, um... It didn't matter what matter whether I was playing for the Steelers, the Cowboys, the the, the Redskins. I'm sorry, the Washington oh, yeah, the football right. team, um, the Ravens. I'm going to be elated running through that tunnel, regardless. Um, obviously, you know I'm going to have to go against the Ravens twice a year. Um, you know I got a job to do when I get out there. Oh no doubt. Uh, so whoever lines up in front of me, um, 
you know, I, I have a job to do. And they had the chance. They had the chance. They had plenty of them. But now you're a Pittsburgh Steeler. We're going that route. Um, uh, uh, Quincy, did, did you hear from uh, – tell me about who you heard from afterwards. What was, like, the moment that you shared or something that was particularly special for you after you heard your name call? Really, it was just my family. Um, really, it was just being around all my loved ones, um, seeing how excited they were. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's really uh, – that's big to me. I'm a, I'm a huge family guy, um, and I just love to put a smile on their faces. You you know, we talked the last time I remember about th- this is kind of the road less traveled, right? Like most guys uh, come from big private schools and tons of hype behind them, and you weren't that guy. And I know that, you know, you haven't played yet in an NFL game, but is there some part of you that takes a greater amount of pride that you were able to do this despite the fact that you didn't get the hype that a lot of guys yeah, got. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I don't think people really realize, um, you know, the, the road that I traveled, you know, it, it, I came a long way. You know, there's, there, there's, I think I was the first player that, to, to go uh, Division One, um, out of, out of Newtown. Um, you know, so that, that, that was a blessing in itself. I mean, then the transfer to Miami, you know, to give so many kids hope, you know, just, just to let them know that it's possible. Um, and then, and then to take the next step and get drafted to the NFL, you know, I just look at all the people that it inspires, um, and that's really what I do it for. Um, that's part of the reason that I get up every day. Um, and that's that's one of the things that keep me going. It's awesome. Um, is is being able to being able to show others that you know it's possible. You know, I know with the guys at Newtown, you know, um, it's not the biggest conference. Um, they may not get the most looks. But as long as you keep your head down, you work hard, you make good decisions, um, you know, it's possible. I mean, and you're proving it, and that's remarkable, man. And it's going to be a, a remarkable statement to a lot of kids moving forward that they can accomplish the same goals if, if they do the work like you've done. Quincy Roche is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Quincy, have you talked to uh, to Ed Reed at all since you got the message? You haven't traded anything with him, uh, have you? I haven't talked to him since. Um, I'm pretty sure we will talk. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's like a he's like a mentor. I'm a great mentor in my life, um, you know, and and, and and I'm pretty sure he'll reach out um, and talk to me. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see what that comes Yeah, right? That should, that should be pretty fun. <laughs> it should be pretty fun knowing yeah. how it played out for you. I was so, you know, like blown away by what that experience meant to you to get the opportunity to spend time with him over the last year. You know, you hear a lot about Ed as a, you know, a potential head coach, right? That, that he's something that he wants to do. Did, in being around him, did you get the sense that he can be that guy? And how important was he to you in taking this next step in your life? Um, I'm not really, I'm not really sure about his intentions to be a coach. I don't really know anything about that. Um, but you know, what I will say is that uh, he's a great guy. Um, you know, I knew he was a great player, but he's an even better guy. Um, he's one of the smoothest guys you ever meet in your life. Um, one of the coolest guys. Um, he gives great, great advice. Um, not just football advice, but life advice. Um, and and when you when you get to have a conversation with him, um, you realize why he was so good. Um, you know, there's so many little things he taught me this past season that I've never even thought to look for. Um, but that's why he was, to me, he's the best safety to ever play the game. Um, and that's why he's the best because the the the, the amount of details that he paid attention to. It's just, it's insane. That's cool, man. It's really cool to hear you say that and, and really funny that it ends up working out this way 
um, after after your time with him. Quincy, who are the, who are the other people in your life? Who are the other people in your life that were so important, maybe locally, you know, folks from around here in, in helping to guide you and get you to this moment where you're now an NFL player? Yeah, definitely. Just, uh, I would say, uh, so, you know, I was a huge basketball guy growing yep. up. Um, you know, I had some basketball coaches that, you know, played a pretty big role in my life. Um, you know, I, I what's crazy is, to this day, I still haven't had a football coach for more than one year um, in my life. And, you know, so I didn't, I didn't really, wow. there's no football, one football coach that I wow. had that relationship with. Um, but however, you know, my I I grew up playing basketball. Yep. Um, that was my primary sport. Um, I mean, you're from the area, so you know how serious basketball is up here. Of course, man. Of course, it's um, kind of life. So, you know, my AAU coaches. Um, I would say definitely played a played a big role in my life. Um, and just keeping me on the right path. Um, you know, mo- keeping me motivated. Um, being there for me. Um, you know, outside of my parents and my brothers. Yeah, I would definitely say my AAU coaches. You know, it's funny. I'm thinking about all this. I always, whenever I talk about basketball players in the area, and and normally I'm talking about like undersized guards, right? I use this term Baltimore uh-huh. tough, where like you just right, know, right. you know how guys are. Like you know right. they're all, they're fighters. Like that's just who you right. get from this area. Is guys that are willing to go defend for 60 minutes, drive you crazy. And I think about your basketball background, and you going under underappreciated and underlooked, and I just wonder how big that chip on your shoulder is gonna be moving forward. Yeah, because um, you, you know it's it's big. You know it, it's a potato at this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> it ain't a chip. But I, um, I, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, you know, I wasn't highly recruited coming out of high school. Um, you know, I had schools that I've gotten defensive player of the week against tell me in high school that I'd never be able to play defensive end in the ACC. Um, you know, I've had schools tell me that they'll rather a guy that's bigger because there's no way that I'll be able to, um, at my size, I'll be able to play a uh, defensive end on the, on the Division One level. Um, when college proved them wrong, um, you know, and I'm pretty sure there's NFL guys who, who just don't believe um, that what I did in college will translate to the NFL. Um, and what I'll say to them is, you know, just keep watching. Um, you know, welcome to the journey, um, the same journey that I've been living my whole life. Let me just keep watching. We'll see. I love that, man. I love that. Quincy, let me make sure I get the social media plugs in for you because I always forget your your Twitter account. I can't just search Quincy Roche and find you. And I, it's funny because I know I follow you, but remind me where it is that people can follow you on Twitter. Um, My at name yep. uh, is, is uh, I changed it about a year and a half ago, um, but it's underrated to one R. That's right. Underrated. Two underscore one. That's that's that. I do remember that now. Underrated to give Quincy a follow on there. What about on Instagram? Where can people follow you there? Same, same, uh, same, same, same. Instagram and IG is the same thing. All right, hit him up. Underrated to. This is gonna be. This is gonna be uncomfortable, man. I can't lie about it. This is gonna be uncomfortable, bro. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we gotta get used to it. Yeah, (laughs) it's gonna be. There's gonna be a moment. You're gonna get a huge sack, and and, you know, by the way, chasing Lamar around is gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be something, right? (laughs) Like you're gonna. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a dynamic player. He's a dynamic player. Um, you know, he's. I'm sure he's some somebody that nobody really wants to chase around. But you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the challenge. Um, first of all, I'm I'm gonna go in there, um, make the fifty three, 
earn a role in the team, earn a respect to my teammates and coaches. Um, and then, you know, we're just going to do what we do. Quincy, I, I really – and by the way, we've seen this before. Like, Adrian Amos came in, got an interception against the Ravens a couple years. I'm like, damn, man. Mm-hmm. I, I can't – I still got to be happy for him. I still got to be happy mm-hmm. for him. And we're going to be happy for you. We're not going to be rooting for your team. We can't lie about that. But we are <laughs> – we're going to be happy for you as you go on this journey, man. Um, as awkward as it is, seriously, dude. Congr- it's, been, it's been awesome watching you carve this path out for yourself. You're a real testament to our entire community of what people can accomplish when you work hard and when you do not let detractors get in your way, man. And I hope you know that. Quincy, always appreciate taking the time for us. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Quincy Roche. It's... Uh... It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, obviously, you know, he's got a lot to prove just to, to get his opportunity to get on the field. But Sure. Down someone, one DM from last year, there's certainly going to be opportunity for the Steelers. Someone who we certainly believed was a, a better talent than where he ended up going in the draft and someone who you have no doubt is going to be thinking about the fact that his hometown team had that many opportunities to take him. Kind of reminds you another guy that was not from Baltimore but from the area who lingered into the sixth round of the NFL draft. We haven't thought about that at all, have we? Never had to think about that again. Never had to say to ourselves, how did that happen? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hour number one of today's program brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Call C3 right now, 410-401-9797. Go to C3America.com to get a free analysis today. Still to come on today's show, Edward James Olmos. Seriously, though, Edward James Olmos is going to join us. One of the greatest living actors in the world. I, I, I'm confused by it, too. Also, uh, Bob Baffert, one of the greatest living horse trainers in the world. Pretty legendary second hour. Uh, are you ready for uh, Kyle in the Kitchen? Yeah. Are you we ready? doing that next? I don't know when else we're going to do it. Sure. I guess. I made sweet potato wedges. Sweet potato they wedges. They weren't. Like, I'm still working right, on yeah, it. But yeah, we got to don't, don't give anything away. Don't give anything away. All right. I'll get some more of your responses um, for today's Think Tank question. We come back in. And then we'll go uh, in the kitchen with Kyle. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. The annual MIAA Lacrosse Championships are coming live to Anne Arundel County for the first time ever. The MIAA Lacrosse Championships feature some of the nation's top lacrosse programs as well as the future stars of the game. Join us Tuesday, May 18th and Friday, May 21st at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. Tickets are on sale now. To learn more, go to MIAAChampionships.com. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A- financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. 
Hey, this is your guy, Chris Rulin from Great Eights Memorabilia, coming to you to talk about Baltimore Celeb Fest. 50 wrestlers at Benfield Sports Center on Saturday, May 15th from 11 till 3. We will be there with the Great Eights stable with the Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer, the Machine, Brian Cage, the beautiful people, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, Matt Seidel, Flip Gordon, Tessa Blanchard, Diamante. You can meet all eight of them for only 200 bucks. All the details at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. It's GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Also, we have great private signings coming up with John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, Jonathan Ogden, and more. That's GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Remember, be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you windownation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson profiles top orioles pitcher john means and the role new pitching coach chris holt is taken with means and the entire organization inside matt kremnitzer reflects on nick markakis's career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Into hour number two of the program. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary, and they've got an amazing menu to help celebrate that really is a celebration for you because you can try the delicious zucchini fries, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, the turtle cheesecake, and the smoky thigh wings. My buddy Billy Apostolou was like, I just finally tried those smoky thigh wings the other day. Oh, my God, they're even better than you described them. Yeah, correct. Big facts. Get the Glory Days Grill. 
GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Make sure you try the Smoky Thigh Wings. They are that good. Some more responses that have come in for our Think Tank topic today, which is related to the awkward John Means conversation. From Lou, I hope they build around him and they keep him long term. Lawrence says, I say keep him, and here's why. When Bedard was dealt in 08, it was almost necessary for a rebuild because the farm was pretty bad. Weeders, Reimold, and Arietta were the only ones who really did anything at the major league level. So getting Jones and Tillman was an immediate boost. Right now, the farm is the best it's been in a long time, and Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall aren't enough on their own to compete. You need five starters, and having three with means at the top is a really good start, especially with Adley, Henderson, Mountcastle, etc. in the lineup. That, by the way, trails off. Like you're, That's part of the problem, is what you just said. Said Adley, Henderson, Mountcastle. Maybe. I think we feel really good about one of those bats. And, and by the way, we might feel good again about Mountcastle in three months. By three months from now, we might again say, yeah, that's the Ryan Mountcastle that we saw uh, for a month last season. Henderson, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. M- maybe, but putting him in the category of surefire offensive solution, I'm not there yet. And it's part of the problem and why the conversation is reasonable. What you're saying is we think we have one more part of the puzzle. Well, the question becomes, could you find two or three more parts of the puzzle instead? Particularly looking for bats. Maybe. Maybe you could. That's the reason why the conversation is relevant. The other thing that I would throw out here is I I do think identifying what the window is is a tricky part of this. To say, you know, I think they could be part of that that he could be part of the solution. Okay, let's just assume that. But are you paying him? Do you think that you're definitely competing to win a World Series within three years? And if not, are you paying someone real money at 31? And if you're not, do you revisit the conversation that you're having in terms of trying to extend your window? This is the awkward Manny Machado part. Manny Machado was part of a winning team, but you needed to make a decision at some point. The part of it where are you paying John Means has to come into this equation because to hold on to him for just a short amount of time limits when your window might be. Doesn't mean it's a guaranteed answer that you have to trade him. Just part of the conversation that doesn't seem like many people want to talk about it. From Chris, he's not exactly a prospect. I think he's 28. Yes, he is. If they are serious about being competitive next year, then keep him. And honestly, it does seem to fit with their 15-year rebuilding plan. I'm not sure what that part of this means, Chris. If not, trade him at peak value. That sort of fits more with what I was just talking about. Continue get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. It's time for us to go in the kitchen with Kyle. It's time for Kyle in the kitchen. Kyle in the kitchen is taped in front of a live studio audience. Kyle in the kitchen is brought to you this week. You didn't like Jeremy Saltry voice? Makes me uh, largely uncomfortable. No, that's, that's what I like about it. Yeah. I wanted his Saltry voice. I right. specifically asked for that. 
Colin the Kitchen yeah. is brought to you by KNS Automotive in Hamden for over 40 years. KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship, quality customer service, everything from oil changes to major body work. They've got you covered. Give them a call right now, 410-235-6660, or go to knsimports.com. That's KNS Automotive, knsimports.com. What are we doing in the kitchen? I made uh, some nice sweet potato wedges, fries sort of thing. I went for like a, in a perfect world, I was going for a sort of like crispy exterior, well-cooked interior. You know how you enjoy a good sweet potato the way it like is, you could just use a fork and cut right through it, no problem. I was, in a, I was hoping it would turn out with, you know, the perfect combo of crisp and then cooked interior. Didn't quite get there. First time trying this, you know, first time listener, first time caller, long time mm -hmm. listener kind of thing. Yeah, long time, first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the method I use, pretty straightforward. What you will need is a baking sheet. You will also need a, uh, my channel on. also need a, uh, a wire, you don't need a wire rack. I used a wire rack. Okay. My trusty wire rack for my chicken wings, used it for the rack for the sweet potatoes to try and see if I could up the crisp, see if that would help the okay, that's fair. exterior mm -hmm. that I'm going for here. Did not produce desired results. That's fine. It was still tasty. You're going to want to cut your potatoes, mm -hmm. as you would, with a nice sharp knife. I like to uh, have so when you, it. So when you say wedges, you're going for like a western fry of sorts. type yeah. of, of, of More that texture. style, yeah. yes. Less work as far as cutting is concerned, mm -hmm. but also a nice hearty bite. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to cut it down the middle, which will, uh, you know, give you your halved sweet potatoes. At that point, this is where you got to be careful. Don't cut your finger off. I'm sure I don't have the best knife skills, but I know how to cut things. Mm -hmm. So I lay it flat, flat side down. Take the knife the way you would if you were going to, like, chop an onion. You know how you like to do the diagonal cuts into the onion to yep. get it nice and cut like yep. that? I'm going into a diagonal along the side to get the wedge, Kay. cutting down, and doing that and proceeding in about, you know, half inch wide, nothing crazy for the wedges, but you're cutting wedges through your halves. You get it? But are you going with long, you're, are, you, are you cutting them again, or are you still going with a long? I'm not long cutting them in half. These are, yeah. these are also ugly potatoes. I got them from the, the they, they didn't focus on the prettiest potatoes in the patch. They were just like, here, these, these are two potatoes. Yeah. They're misshapen. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Take them and use them. And I did. I've gotten a few misshapen sweet potatoes in my day. Mind. That's why. They still I, fine. That's why the. I no, they taste fine, and I. I would almost say that's why you cut them down further because at that point, it, nobody can tell they were ever misshapen sweet potatoes. Well, I don't. You know, I don't think anyone was going to critique my potatoes. Okay. You know, it's not like they I, would say. I kind of am. If I'm being like honest, not like they were to say when they when they served the potatoes. Well, do you have a picture of them? Yeah, I do. All right. Well, that, I'll tell you if I'm going to critique them or not. So you cut the potatoes in the wedges. And now this is where you can get a little creative as far as what you're interested in, flavor-wise. Now, these are the, the potato wedges. So I... Those don't, those don't look... They look like Western fries. I mean, they look, they look quite fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I opted for... Now, the recipe that I was using and then going off of, it was some woman's. Yeah. Some, yeah. What, what would a woman know? Um, she was like, chili pepper and garlic powder are the two ones you want to use prominently. From there, you can get creative. Now, I'm not normally a chili pepper man. I'm going to be honest. Chili powder. I like chili. chili powder. I, other than for chili. Right. And I've what, yet what to is, unlock. What is, what is the purpose? That's the point. I've yet to unlock the real. I think that chili powder is what people who don't like spice use for spice. 
That's kind of what I'm starting to decide. Okay, but what, you're, were you attempting to make them spicy? Well, there's a good. You've got a natural sweetness for the sweet potatoes. I understand you've that. Got a, a People b- normally like to play into that with their sweet potato recipes. I'm a man. Sweet. Understandably. I, I included some, um, well, for my dipping sauce, I included a hint of sweetness. Uh-huh. Um, but I tossed it in a chili powder. Like we'll regularly see brown sugar on a sweet okay, potato. Look, or I or tossed it in a chili powder, uh-huh. garlic powder. Cinnamon mixture. Okay, yeah, sure. I like the cinnamon on the notes for the sweet potato. Sure. I, I think that works Mixed well. with olive oil. Now, the recipe called for a little bit of a brushing it onto that, and perhaps that would have produced a more desirable crisp on my potatoes. But I did the old toss on the sheet pan, you know, where you lay them down, put the olive oil over, get your seasoning, and then you just get in there with your hands and let them get going, you know? Okay. I don't mind doing yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Um. So then I laid them along the wire rack. He ovens heated to 425 for this. That's a good temp for a lot of things, roasting, in my opinion. I don't disagree. 425, threw them in there for 18 minutes. Okay. Then you're supposed to, after the 18 minutes are up, broil them for three to four minutes, being careful not to let them burn because it's a short little so, period between. So in your mind, is this an ideal, like. Y- also, I'd salt and pepper. I mean, come seasoning. back to it. When you, when you talk about the, the crisp, yeah. are you looking for it? Uh, sweet potatoes, uh, sweet potatoes, uh, sweet potatoes, typically a bit more tender. Of course. Tip, tip, typically hard a bit to, more... Hard to achieve. I think that, frankly, the only way to get the crisp I'm talking about might be like an air fryer. Right. So it could just be a concept that can't fully be done. Right. In With one, a sweet in, potato. In an oven, the way that I'm doing it. I don't know that I would enjoy that from a sweet potato. I think, I think part of the delight of the sweet potato is that it... Well, you're going to have the tender. Yeah. That's inside regardless. Right. That's You're not going to get rid of that. Yeah. But if you can somehow... Some... Turn the exterior. I guess it's not all that difficult. From a French fry. Yeah, right. yeah all that different than making a fry. Sure. So that's what I was going for. Produced something different. Now, after the three to four minute broil, you got some nice browning and uh, coloration on the top of the sweet potatoes that have been exposed to the broiler. You like that? Good flavor, caramelization, etc. I pulled them. Now I'm like, what am I going to dip these in? Mm, good question. Because I need something. Yeah. And so I said, you know... I didn't really get as much spice on them as I wanted, but I also didn't really lean. So I went with a mayo base. I know you're mayo, mm-hmm. sriracha, mm-hmm. and maple syrup. Okay. It's interesting. It's Mixed prob- together. Not for me, but it's interesting. And delicious. They were delicious. I ate them all. I ate probably three to four p- sweet potatoes uh, that were misshapen, mind you. So it wasn't like it was See, a big See, I, I feel like if I'm getting the crisp on the potato, if you if you did mm-hmm. get the crisp on the potato, I would still want, you know what I'd really want is that um, that food truck that we like. I'd want their spicy ketchup. Oh, I get it. I like I that would, as well. I would want that. What I was if I, missing. If I'm getting the actual crisp. I was missing, I think I didn't have, I don't know if I had citrus on me. I would have liked mm-hmm. to have some citrus incorporated somewhere. Mm-hmm. Would have been good. Um, but, you know, next time. All things considered, I would give this a three out of five. You it know wasn't else? my best. It, look, uh, the other thing, that, uh, I, I, barbecue sauce can be the answer for everything, but I have realized in recent years, sweet potato fries with barbecue sauce. Sure. Perfect. Sure. Perfect. So, yeah, that was where I was at. And honestly, I very much enjoyed them. What did you, what did you enjoy them with? Were they a side dish? Were they? I a wasn't. I wasn't too hungry. I cooked them because I needed to cook something. I had sweet potatoes on hand. Okay. And so I was like, I need to do. I need to cow in the kitchen. It's a responsibility to the people. Yeah, that's a good point. This and is for the people. So got it. You got to give the people what they want. Indeed. I've always heard that. So I uh, I chef them up around eight thirty or so, 
And it was my dinner, frankly. I wasn't really that hungry. So, yeah. It was your dinner. Yeah. was just the sweet potatoes. Wow. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. It's interesting. I'm That's not, interesting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm weird eating habits of sorts. I mean, I I don't eat much during the day, so typically dinner is a bigger meal for me yeah. than 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 others. So that's that's. I don't eat breakfast, so right. my first meal of the day is yeah, generally my bigger one. The issue for me is I don't eat breakfast or lunch really. Right. I, I have like a Cliff Bar for lunch typically. I that's hear you. that's the way that it works for me. I hear you. Um, Cliff, which is somebody, it's not true. I have a banana for breakfast. I have a Cliff Bar for lunch. The, people people probably listen to this like, dude, you're that's not okay. Right. Like you're not. This is not the way it's supposed to go. I'll, I'll do me. It's been working, okay? <laughs> and he freebases the strawberries. A hundred percent. And my yeah. God, it, <laughs> it makes you feel alive. <laughs> All right, so you said three out of five uh, Ottenheimers three for this point, one? Oh, we're doing it out of a hundred, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, we did agree that we do it out of a hundred. I'd say 60, 66 seems sort of satanic, so I'm going to go with well, It's only two sixes. It's not 66.6. Route 66. Route 66 out it's of a, 100. It's, 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 a, a, it's a good accompaniment. It's a genuine two out of three. It's not the star of the show. You know, I've heard two out of three ain't bad. But I will say, years. if you need to get sweet potato done quick. What would you, if you if you were if using it as a side dish for a meal, yeah. if someone was making, say, a meal for Mother's Day on Sunday. I mean, it would go great with burgers. Burgers, yeah, it would go good. It would go, go good go with well burgers. burgers. All right. You know, in that sense, you're cooking out, and you need a little. Uh, you need some some healthy options. And you're not going to throw them on the grill or whatever. You need like I'm in the oven. We need the grills full. What are we going to do? Twenty five minutes, you can get some sweet potato wedges out, and people will will eat them. And John them. John from Little Rock, who frankly the segment really is for. Yeah. He and Nick Kelly uh, says you really do need a fryer if you want crispy sweet potato right. po- sweet potatoes. Oven will only roast them, which is good. Which is good. Uh, Old Bay also great on all potatoes. No doubt. I, you know, it's funny. I don't. If I'm if I'm leaning into sweet potatoes, I just I reach for the Old Bay. I much. don't need the contrast. I I like leaning into the sweetness, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if Jimmy Eat World, the sweetness. Are you listening? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, the whole deal. For a fry, though, I'm different. For a fry, I like a little spicy dust. All right. Interesting, interesting. There you go. That's Kyle in the kitchen. Kyle, and there you have it, if you will. And we'll uh, we'll post the uh, audio as well as Kyle's index card and uh, picture of the sweet potato wedges a little bit later today at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter for you to check it out there. Kyle in the kitchen also brought to you this week by Great Eights Memorabilia. So many wonderful things coming up with Great Eights Memorabilia, including. Private signings with John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, and Jonathan Ogden. Next Saturday, the big one, Baltimore Celeb Fest. It's going to be an awesome day in Millersville. You're going to want to be there. If you're a wrestling fan, you can meet over 50 of your favorite professional wrestlers, including eight current stars of pro wrestling like Brian Cage and Lance Archer that are part of the Great Eight Stable. You can get tickets. By the way, I've individually they're on sale. You can still get that incredible offer to meet all the Great Eight Stable Eight pictures, autograph sessions, the whole deal for just 200 bucks. It's remarkable, a remarkable opportunity for all pro wrestling fans. Also coming June 27th, the inaugural Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota. You can meet Justin Tucker, live music from uh, the likes of Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth throughout the day, plus the dunk tank, the cornhole tournament, I believe a live broadcast that day as well. Going to be a fun day at Jerry's Toyota. Find out about all these events and get your tickets right now by going to greateightsmemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, greateightsmemorabilia.com. John said ham. 
Ham would probably be good with the sweet potatoes. Ooh, it would be good yeah. with the sweet potatoes. That would that would be maybe a nice rum ham. Just pork in general would probably be good. I don't disagree with that nice whatsoever. Pork chop, you know? Absolutely. I think that would work quite well. All right. Uh, a couple more responses that have come in for today's think tank question from I'm not sure who this is. They're they're uh, city city Sid maybe just Sid. City Walk. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's that. Don't definitely don't say it the other way. What? Uh, Sid. No way you trade him. Everyone needs an ace. The Orioles have one. No guarantees that anyone else in their system is that good. So I was looking through some numbers. I was like, how can we try to find parallels mm-hmm. here? I saw a stat talking about John Means' whip. Obviously, walks, hits, innings pitched. It's been very good for the past two seasons. Before the start, it was like a 1.07, so it got better. Um, and anything below A good one indicator one is of a pitcher's effectiveness. Doesn't need to be strikeouts, just needs to be how yep. much they limit base runners. Yep. I went to 2018 to see who was leading the league in whip, you know, that being three or four years prior. There were six guys, six guys who were sub one whip guys. Okay. Do you want to do trivia here? Uh, six guys from, and what were they? What in was 2018, time? who were sub one whip guys? Uh, 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 Verlander. Top guy, 0.9. Kershaw. No. Okay, he stinks, so right? that doesn't yeah, surprise me. Uh, Scherzer. Number two, 0.91. 2018, we're talking about? Yes. I'm trying to remember who was good in 2018. I just kind of named the guys that are always good. Um, who else was good in 2018? Was that a good year for Dallas Keuchel? No. Well, maybe, but not this year. Not, not that year right. is what you're saying. Was that a good year for asking uh, Jacob Degrom? I guess I should throw number out three point nine one. Um, Aaron Nola. Yes, point nine seven. Uh, let me make sure I'm writing these down. Degrom, Nola. How about um, Cindergard? No, I'll give you the rest. Hang on a second. I'm I'm doing something here. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm doing. I'm I'm guessing things. I'm 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 all over it. Is it? Um, was that Blake Snell's big year? It was, 0.97, so you're missing one. I'm missing one. Yes. Uh, Garrett Cole. No, but he was 1.03. He was next in line. Sucks. Uh, Zach Granke. By the way, Patrick Corbin, another interesting comp maybe here. Granke uh, was 1.08. The one you're missing is a name I already brought up off air to you for what it's oh, worth. Oh, Corey Kluber. It was Corey Kluber, 0.99. Okay. This was kind of his breakout the year before, maybe, arguably, but... Mm-hmm. He was a guy that was like a 26-year-old rookie like Means who came on the scene, ran up the bat, kind of asserted himself as one of the better pitchers in baseball. Yeah, sure. And he was one of the better pitchers in baseball through his age 32 or 33 season. Um, obviously, everything's apples to oranges, right? You're not going to have a, a real parallel and say that because he was dominant through 33 that John Means will be also or – that John Means couldn't be successful longer than that. Being successful off of a breaking pitch that relies on a heavy spin rate is probably a little different than mm-hmm. John Means with his changeup or mm-hmm. splitter. Um, but Kluber's been he did he didn't fall off a cliff, right? But there was certainly a drop off. No, well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, like there, I, and I I don't know that that. I don't it know that that means... It could be the closest to that you can come to a parallel yeah. for means. And if you were to say, like, 
means for what it's worth is pitching better than Kluber ever did. I mean, nobody's pitching to a one three seven ERA over a full season. If you do, then you know. Well, and again, we're using a, we are using still a small sample. Seven size. starts is yes. no doubt very small sample. But that's size. over eleven that he's been great. Now that's still a sample size that's small, but yes, it's not even hard to think. We're not, we're not even at half a season. But even if he if you was go back great before the no hitter, and it's weird to think that you suddenly have your best outing of all time, and then be like, now I. Can, well, I'm not it again. Out. I I'm not suggesting all things Cliff. There's, it's an imperfect science, obviously. Right. Like Correct. You're never going to be able to definitively say when. Right. And is there one team that's just looking to trade for right now? That their concern is nothing about whether there's there's something coming for three. So so there's it's on both sides. Do you believe that this could still work three years from now? Is there one team that's not worried about three years from now? That that's that's what's going into all of this. I'd still think the part of it where are you signing the guy at 31, and if not, do you think the window really is to win a World Series in the next three years? I think we need to have that conversation more, and people don't want to do it. So that's we'll, we'll continue to talk about it throughout the course of the morning at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh, today's show also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. A couple of great shows this week, Stan and Ross chatting with Rick Dempsey. Um, that was on Monday, and then on Wednesday, a, a neat conversation that uh, Stan and Gary had with Lacey DaCosta, the wife of Eric DaCosta, uh, about what it's like to be the wife of a GM during the course of the NFL draft. Those conversations available right now, pressboxonline.com, or click the videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. As always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Here's a surreal sentence. Right now on Glenn Clark Radio, we chat with, Edward James Almos. We had to record it yesterday because he's Edward James Almos and he's available when he's available. But we listen to it right now on GCR. Wow. What an honor this is. We are joined now here on GCR by a legitimate icon in film. He is, um, oh my gosh, an Emmy winner, a Golden Globe winner. And he's got a new movie that's out today uh, that's called Walking with Herb. And uh, there's a sports connection. As it's a movie that's sort of based a little bit around the game of golf. It's a pleasure to be joined here on GCR by the legendary Edward James Almos. Uh, Edward, I, I don't even know what to say. What a thrill this is. What an honor to be speaking to you today. Glenn, it's my honor. Ah. My privilege. I'm grateful to be able to talk to Baltimore. Uh, I swear to you, man, this is a, a great moment in my life because I haven't had the feeling for a film since Stand and Deliver that I have on this film, Walking <laughs> with Herb. Well, that one was a pretty good one, Edward. Stand and Deliver was very, very yeah. strong. It really worked. It gave a lot of inspiration, gave faith, it gave a heart and hope to the audiences that saw it. This one, whoa, GCR Radio, no one thing, man. This is definitely one for the time. We're in a pandemic. Uh, we've really been uh, asked to understand a lot about ourselves. And uh, the one thing that is really needed, which comes out in the movie, there's a couple of things that this movie is about. One is faith. The second one is courage to have the courage to do your second chances, to actually try again. And, uh, you know, in my age, I'm 74 right now, but in the movie I play almost 70. And uh, it's a wonderful experience. People have seen it. Um, it opens today uh, all over the United States. And, and the pandemic is still holding back on people wanting to go, uh, you know, into uh, crowded areas. But 
I think you'll be very happy if you get a chance to, to see this in the theater. Um, and I'm sure that you'll be blessed. <laughs> There's some of us that are beyond ready to go back to a movie theater at this point. Yeah. <laughs> there are some of us that have been waiting a long time. So, yes, right. so and, and I haven't seen the film yet. I am fascinated by this. I, I'm assuming that you're a bit of a golfer yourself, right? Like in, in, in real life. Real life. In real life, no. Real life, I've played for uh, fundraisers. Okay. You know, for nonprofit organizations that will play uh, on the golf course and uh, and we'll play scramble closest to the, the hole. Not my we favorite. That ball, everybody. Yeah. I love that kind of game yeah. because yeah. It, it takes a lot of pressure off. But in this situation, I had to really play and on camera as a person who hasn't played for 35 years, but at one point was very, very professional, but he couldn't, he cracked at the young age. He was turning into a pro and he couldn't take the pressure and he cracked and he left it, never touched a golf club again. Hmm. So when the movie starts, I'm 35 years since I've touched a golf club and all of a sudden uh, I get a message on my computer telling me, okay, it's time. I, I need you for a mission. And it's from God. And I, I said, what? and so he sends the messenger and the messenger is George Lopez. Oh, of course. I always <laughs> assume that there is a connection between George Lopez. On and this him. incredible motorcycle and outfits, I got to tell you, he really is a good, good actor and a great human being. I got to tell you, he really went all out and Kathleen Quinlan plays my uh, yeah. wife. Yeah. She's beautiful and wonderful performance along with Billy Boyd and uh, Christopher McDonald and uh, Jessica Medoff. Jessica Medoff happens to be the writer's uh, daughter. Now she plays my daughter in the movie and Jessica Medoff is Mark Medoff's daughter. Mark Medoff is the great Pulitzer Prize winning oh, Oscar yeah. winning yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Tony winning, you know, great writer of Children of a Lesser God, to just mention one of his great pieces of work. And the guy wrote this and it was his last piece. This was his swan song. And uh, it, I got to say, uh, he saw the movie and uh, he really was moved by it. And this was the way he said goodbye to the world. Right. Uh, it's really worthwhile to know that this film is right on time. Once in a while, you get a film that comes out when it's most effective on the, on the psyche and, and the, the subconscious mind of the viewer. And this is that time period. Uh, walkingwithherbmovie.com will tell you where you can go to see it in your neighborhood. Oh, that's great. And it, you know, we don't have a lot of money. This, this is not going to be promoted on every single you know, uh, television uh, uh, announcements and, and, and uh, you know, in the country. It's it just... We don't have that. It's this intimate little movie that has found its space. People who saw it in the Fathom Entertainment uh, uh, special that we did for three days uh, pushed it over the top. And what ended up happening is uh, the first day X amount came. The second day was 30% more people than came the first day. And the, the third day, there was 38% more people that came from the second day. So it augmented itself with over almost 70% increase in people wanting to see wow. the movie. And we didn't, you know, we're not announcing it. This is all word of mouth. Wow. 
And so it's a kind of a movie. You'll have a great time walking with Herb. Walking with Herb, which is out today in theaters. We're chatting with the legendary Edward James Almost, which is a surreal sentence for me to keep saying. I just can't believe that's a thing that's happening today. Um, I I don't want to brush past something that you said when you're going through the cast. You mentioned the name Christopher McDonald. Yes. This is a golf film. Yes. It involves Christopher McDonald. Yes. Can we think and that it, perhaps it might lean into anything else that involved Christopher McDonald in the game of golf over the years? Is there any chance that it leans into that a little bit? Of course, but at the same time, he's a fantastic fan. I know that's true. I know that's yeah. true, but I can't help but think there's got to be some Shooter McGavin involved with this somehow. You bet. You figure it out. All right. Yes, there is. Definitely there is. All right. And I got to say right now, uh, he is... Uh, what it is is George is my caddy. Okay. Christopher McDonald is Billy Boyd's caddy. And we're playing against each other for the world, <laughs> the world entire golf championship. Oh. Which I'm asked to participate in at the age of 68. Of course. Against every major, major player on the, on the planet because it's the highest purse ever given to at a golf tournament by a very, very wealthy person. And so it ends up becoming the the ultimate uh, golf championship uh, tournament in the history of golf. Okay. And so it's really, it's amazing. And of course, I'm too, way too old to be playing against these guys, okay? So, and um, it's good. It's a good movie. I think people will enjoy it. It's not a golf movie. It's really about, you know, Faith and second chances. It's it's a movie that inspires you. Yes, we're walking sometimes around the golf course, but boy, it's funny with George Lopez as as the messenger. Trust me, <laughs> just just as you would assume. Again, just as you would assume, Edward. I, I have to ask you a couple things real quick, and we keep telling people about the movie because it's. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. Walking with her, which is out today. I, there is something about you. It's it's Morgan Freeman like, right? There are there are people. That that look at you in this way that is, it, you know, it, it, I don't want to say godlike because obviously you're you're talking about that theme in this film, but that you are a sage, you are that person that everyone turns to. Is there almost a burden that comes with that in your community when like people come up to you and they expect you to always have wisdom and to be sort of a I don't know a father figure? It seems like to everyone. Glenn, what ends up happening is that you just honestly have faith in yourself, self-esteem, self-respect, and self-worth, and you share that just as a human being. And what ends up happening, man, is people get it, feel good about themselves and you pass that on. And it's nothing more than sharing the light. And, and look at, I don't know how I got here because basically I come from a very, very different lifestyle mm. when I started my life. And, and over the years, it, it, it merged into what I am today. <clears throat> and I've been doing it for over 50 years. But I live a very privileged life, and I'm very grateful for my life. But I will tell you this. I am as surprised as everyone else is when it comes to understanding where kind of things that we've been doing in our lifetime. And I, I am so grateful. That's and uh, and so everybody that I've met throughout my life, thank you for sharing time with me because oh. I love sharing my time with them. I can't I can't believe that you know my name. We're still struggling with this. <laughs> and, and the, you know, the other thing, you, you talk about every. You mentioned Stan the Liver earlier. Obviously, everybody knows you from something different within the course of your incredible career. I always love, and I do this with athletes a lot. I always love to ask. 
What was the most surreal, the pinch me moment? What was the moment in your career, in your life, that you were able to do someone, meet someone, you know, do, do whatever it was that said, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe that I'm here in this moment right now. And for everything I've done, this is the one. Do you have any particular one? I mean, I can't even imagine how many of them you must have had in your life. Yeah, that's what happens, Glenn. You just continue to be overwhelmed by the passion and compassion of others. And, uh, you know, you run into, you know, giants uh, of, of the art, art world or uh, <clears throat> of the uh, uh, sports world, of science. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you one of the, biggest pinch me moments of my life was with uh, in stand and deliver was meeting the professor the real one okay yeah uh, i mean galante he completely completely set me on a, a total understanding of my life and along with robert m young who directed me in the ballad of gregory cortez which was one of the very first major pieces of work i ever did on film and uh, i must say and i had already done a couple of others but <clears throat> Nothing compared to that movie. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it, it will stand the test of time eternally <laughs> as, a, as a movie that yeah. will always make me cry. Speaking of films that made me cry, I, I just I, were you able to get through Coco? Like when you sat down and and wa were you able to get through it? Because I sat down oh, with my kids man. and I I couldn't do it. <laughs> like I had to walk away at one point. I I, I saw it in the theater and uh, I had done my part in it. Yeah, and it was a very small little role, yep. and I played. I played the one moment in time when the movie comes to fruition, yep. total fruition, by way of the movie is about that special place in between the the, the life and death and in memory and bringing bringing back the the, the soul of the person who has uh, departed this world. <clears throat> and then if people don't remember you, then you disappear and you go away forever. No one ever understands your thinks about you again and that's what happens to my character in chicharron and so i will say that i couldn't i mean it got me yeah that movie got me it got me uh, on the grandparent the grandmother the the uh the love of the, when the little boy sings finally the song oh, at the, oh. oh my god i couldn't take it I, I said oh my god this is an amazing amazing film all right but, but it took six years i i know i'm gonna have to let you go because you got a lot of these to do today but before walking with her began out in theaters today edward james almost so this is the the iconic because it's a golf movie um this is the question that you always ask people you got you got your foursome um you get to go out and play golf with any four people ever and we'll, we'll maybe limit it to people that have, have been alive at some point while you've been alive, all right? You can line up a foursome for golf today. Oh, Who are the God. three others that are joining you, Edward James Almos? Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I would have to say uh, uh, the late, great Hank Aaron. Okay. I it's would just, love to uh, it. Was, it was his birthday oh. earlier this week. Yes, yes. Yep. The, the great George Lopez. I, I would love to continue to play golf with him for the rest of my life. He's just wonderful. That's cool. <laughs> and and uh, the ultimate, uh, uh, somebody that, I don't know, Dolores Huerta, who is the truly a gift of a woman who has given more than almost anybody I've ever known in my life. I don't even know if she plays the game, but I'll teach her. <laughs> you know, she's 91 years old. I will teach her to play. Oh. And uh, she just and a, a, civ a civil rights icon. She's yeah. yeah, she's yeah. an inspiration. I mean, total inspiration. Her and Cesar Chavez are like, woo. 
way out there, but I'd like to play with her. That would be sad. That's such a cool answer. That's such a cool. Edward James almost. <laughs> uh, you will never know how much this this little short time that we spent together meant to me. This is this is truly a, a joy to chat with you today. I can't wait to see Walking with Herb, which is out in theaters today. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, a, a continued health, safety to you, your entire family, and thank you for spending time with us. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you so much for everything you do every day and for inspiring people, and thank you for having me on the show. Edward James almost says, I inspire people. I'm not sure if he caught that. Goes on the old resume. Stan Lee said I'm a hell of a good interviewer. Edward James almost says, I inspire people. What do you think about that, Mom? Appreciate it. That was awesome. Uh, Edward James Almost. What a thrill to spend some time with him here on GCR today. Really enjoyed that conversation. All right. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. Right now, 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, no money down, no payments, and no interest. For 24 months, two full years. Unreal. Unreal. 866-90Nation, windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Bob Baffert, fresh off a seventh, a record-setting seventh Kentucky Derby win. Getting ready for next Saturday in the Preakness. He joins us next. Tell us more about Medina Spirit. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather chances are you have some roof and siding damage call c3 american exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible don't let the insurance industry get one over on you c3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis guys we're almost there as a lot of people have said we are at the 10 yard line but the covid 19 pandemic is not quite over so we need to continue to be vigilant do the right things including wearing our masks and if we're gonna wear them why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players home team masks available right now pressboxonline.com masks we got a purple and orange state flag neck gator for you as well as the celebrate 8 mvp neck gator and an over the ear faded distress state flag and traditional colors mask they're available pressboxonline.com masks let's get this over with wear our masks home team masks 
Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlenClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. From Sam, he says, I did consider uh, that that point at which the Orioles would have to sign John Means. He says, if the rebuild is working, they can and should spend, assuming his he's got continued ace production, the money, then, will know a lot more in the next one to two years regarding the rebuild results. An ace with years remaining will still net a very good return in 2023 and will have a better picture of the future. Maybe so, but probably not the same return that you could get if you were to do it right now. I mean, I, there's there's no way. There's just no way that that could be similar. All right. Uh, always an honor to catch up with our next guest. Unbelievable. A seventh Kentucky Derby win. And now he comes to the Preakness where he's already won seven times he is of course the trainer of the medina, of medina spirit the two-time triple crown winner always a thrill to catch up with the great bob baffert here on gcr bob it's glenn and kyle in baltimore it's always great to chat with you thank you for taking the time and congratulations on another derby win sir oh thank you it was a thrilling moment i you know i'm not used to being the underdog and a long shot <laughs> in that race and uh and those wins are probably the most exciting because you sort of you know, you don't really expect it, and you know you're doing well. Your horse is, is a fighter, and uh, when he turned for home, uh, I just thought, well, here they come. They're gonna, they're just gonna swarm him and and go by him. And he just, he was relentless. He just, he just, he fights. And um, I wasn't, I wasn't convinced of about 50 yards from the wire that he's got a chance to win this thing. And uh, it, it was just a thrilling moment, and the, and the owner. Uh, Amr Zidane, he couldn't be a nicer guy, just a really cool, cool. guy. And and he was convinced he was going to win the Kentucky Derby. And uh, Johnny V, the night before, he says, I'm telling you, Bob, we, we, we can win this thing. And um, and they did. And it was just a thrilling moment. And then to come into Pimlico to the Preakness with a Derby winner, that that's the it's, that's the greatest. I mean, it's so much fun. I know you've told us over the years how, how awesome that feeling is, and we can't wait to have you back here again next week. 
Bob, um, you know, a couple things that jump out at me. One, the horse being a $1,000 horse at one point. Um, how did this happen for a horse that was so overlooked? Well, I, I, this horse is a really nice. He's really, he's well-bred. He was by a sire. He was a first-year sire, and he was in Florida, and the breeder, they were going through a divorce, so they just threw the horse in there. They, you know, they didn't prep and they just took him out of the field and uh, threw him in there, and there was nobody there. So that's why he brought a thousand. I mean, they just the timing was wrong to sell the horse. Okay. And um, so they uh, then they sold him in a two-year-old in training sale, and he worked actually very well. And the owner, Amer, his he had a good friend that he grew up with who owned Protonico, the sire, says, "Hey, you might want to check out. Have your boys check out this horse that he's by my sire, and he worked really well." So he asked me and the agent, hey, I want to buy this horse. It's my friend that I grew up with. If he looks good, we'll buy him. He's not going to bring in, you know, a lot. And I watched him on the video. He looked good, and, and my agent looked at it. And uh, and so, yeah, so he'd probably bring around seventy five. He could bring seventy five thousand, eighty thousand, you know, because he worked with it, and he's a decent horse. And he was just overlooked, and he brought thirty five thousand. So. But the, he doesn't know how much he costs, so we got him. We put him in our program, and and we don't really go by what they what they cost. How they all go through the same sure same same program, and all of a sudden, uh, my assistant that I I have him down there, he says, you know, I got a little black horse here that he acts like pretty nice horse. So who is he? And I said, they only gave thirty five thousand for him. He says, well, you tell him he got a hell of a deal, you know, because he was working with the really good horses, you know, and. So we got him over here, and he's been just a, he's been a joy to train. He's got a great mind. He's tough, but I just love his heart. He's he's relentless. He reminds me a lot of Silver Charm, who I won wow. uh, my first Derby with. And when a horse comes to him, he just bites. He digs in, and and you you can't. That's something when you buy him, you don't know that if they have that or not. And so he he's just a you know he's like a Joe Frazier type. He just bites. Bob Baffert with us here on GCR. Bob, you know, as a dumb guy who knows nothing, it seemed like the importance of pushing the other hard runners, Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality, out wide was really significant. Was that as significant in holding them off down the stretch on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, he just, uh, he really didn't push them out. He was, that's the better part of the track. You know, you don't want to be on the rail in Kentucky and there. All those horses were coming down about the, you know, oddly, unless path. you're Calvin Burrell, in which you always want to be on the rail for some reason. Calvin Burrell, nobody rode the rail <laughs> no better doubt. than uh, Calvin. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, he was he Calvin in a muddy day on the rail was that's where it's harder. He 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 won a couple of derbies just by doing that. No but doubt. Uh, but it's uh, one of those things where they everybody it was those are four good horses and they had the whole stretch to get by him and he was not let them by. I mean, these horses are so competitive. Yeah. It's amazing how competitive they are. And, uh, he knows he won cause he, he, he thinks the next day he came out, I brought him out in front of the cameras and I, I, he's never had anybody take a picture of him. They were clicking away and he was just posing there for him. And so that's cool. That's cool. He, he, he knows, he knows he's a stud. <laughs> Bob, with that in mind, you know, the, the idea that this horse has never trailed, right? Like is, I guess there's there's twofold. One, I would think that would be a benefit for the Preakness with the distance, right? Like that that you just know how hard this horse can run, get out front and hold on. Should should we assume that of all of these, this was the race that Medina Spirit was was most I don't know ready for? 
Well, I think the distance is, is was better for him. He's bred to go a mile and a quarter, mile and a half. He's got the pedigree for it. My other horse I'm running here, who is the favorite for the Arkansas Derby, who didn't run well. Now he's got sort of the same style. He's very fast, also. And so, uh, Concert Tour is his name, and he's going to be very tough. And so, um, you know, I don't know those those jockeys. They're Hall of Fame guys. Are going to have to work it out. And uh, and we we held Concert Tour out of the Derby because he had gotten beaten the time before, and we weren't happy. We don't know why he got beat. It was that was. You know, I really thought, you know, he had a really good chance. But, um, but we're um, we're coming in there. We're gonna have a great time. Get my load of crab cakes, um, and just just enjoy ourselves. Do you do you just, have? But do you have a sense for how the horse would respond if 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 he were to be pushed by someone somehow? And I don't know if that's even an ex- a reasonable expectation. But is there a way to to create that without the horse having been in that situation before? No, we. I've got you know. I've got a Hall of Fame rider on him, and uh, he. And you just know every time I've gone to the Preakness with a winner of the Derby, I've I've not known how they're going to react. I've not, I haven't gone in there saying I can't get beat. Yeah. The only time I felt I couldn't get beat was last year with Authentic. I thought he couldn't get beat, and he got beat. So you just don't know how they're going to react with two weeks. They can either handle it. Or, or it takes a little bit the derby, you know, it takes a little bit of the starch out of them. So it's a quick turnaround. That's why a lot of guys don't want to run back. They want to they they want to wait for the Belmont now. So you're it's asking a lot for a horse. But um, I, I think I haven't seen anything where I feel that that it would uh, you know if it looked like he didn't train train well and he was tired and he was quiet, then I wouldn't run him at all. But right now he he looks great. He's still he's got energy. He's a, he's sort of a slightly slightly made horse. Um, he's not little. He's tall, but he's you know he's got a but he's got a he's got a good set of lungs on him, and he and he's got the pedigree to go that far. You know, it, it's it's rare that you mentioned Johnny V and and all of his everything that he's done. The one thing that's missing is a Preakness. Is is that a big deal for you to get him one of those? So there's nothing left that's that's not on his resume. Well, I told him last year. I says, "We, you miss a layup. What happened?" <laughs> you know, and so, and then he gave me all this jockey time. I don't want to hear jockey time. Now you get it done this time, you know. And so, uh, so I would, I love him. He's a super. He's a gentleman. He's a class act. And you know that mare, that mare, it was a hell of a race. That mare just, you know, he had the whole stretch to get by her, and he couldn't get by her. You know, she sure. just beat him. So, but it was exciting. It was exciting for everybody but me. But it, it was. Um, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, you, you get beat. You know, there's and uh, you just take your take your beating and go on. And you know, we ended up winning the Breeders' Cup, so that was great. Uh, before we just another minute or two here with Bob Baffert again, Medina Spirit, Kentucky Derby winner. Bob, does it does it still feel? You know, I I know it. You know, it never sucks to win a Kentucky Derby, of course. But like, is there any part of it that like is is old hat at this point? Is there any part of all of this where you're just sort of like, eh, I've, I've been here before? Or can you still enjoy them the exact same way that you enjoyed Silver Charm, for example? No, I, I, it's so exciting. It doesn't get old. And the Derby is the only race that when you win it, you can't wait to get back. Because it, uh, the, the, the feeling is priceless, the emotion. It's a very emotional race. It's the kind of race I've told people. It's like Ricky Bobby. If you're, in, if you're not first, you're last. Because you, it's second, third. You don't think about that. You know, it's like... Um, and to win it and have that feeling of winning the Kentucky Derby, 
and then walking over to that to the to the winter circle in the infield which is you know it's like the greatest walk in racing yeah. to, to walk over there because that little piece of real estate is the most expensive real estate in america <laughs> to get there you know uh it's just, it's very difficult. It's very difficult because you have 20 horses. You need the luck. You need the horse. Plus, you've had to run on all these preps, and you got to keep your horse healthy. I had, you know, the best life is good was my number one, and he got hurt a month out, and that was just devastating. Then Concert Tour, he he um, he laid an egg in the Arkansas Derby. He would have been the second choice in the Derby if, if, he'd, won, if he'd run there. So, you know, it's one of those things where just, when you when you do win it, just appreciate it, and uh, and I feel I'm a lucky guy. But I have a great team around me. We we work hard, and we live for those moments. And because um, there's a lot of you know, if you're really good in this business and lucky, you're going to lose seventy percent of the time. So you better be, you know, I'm always ready for the beatdown. I prepare myself for it because I really? don't take disappointment. Yeah, I don't take disappointment well, so I don't get myself excited about it when I go in there. I said, well, it's uh, expect the worst, hope for the best. Wow, I've never what... heard that from you before. But like you, uh, right now, you're you're in your mind preparing for disappointment next Saturday. I always, I always prepare for disappointment in these big races, and and uh, but I know they're ready to run and they're going to run big. I know we have a chance. But sure, sure. A lot of things you have to break well. A lot of you know, and and. One of the one of the owners of the Derby that had, was going to the Derby for the first time and had a good horse in it. He says, "What should I expect?" I said, "You enjoy yourself, have a good time, go to the farms, go to the parties, but you be prepared for a beatdown because it can happen. Yeah. Don't get too excited." And then I saw the the owner later that night at the restaurant says, "Bob, you were so right." <laughs> I was, I was, I was. Um, I was, you know, and, and so then when you do win it, then enjoy it. Yeah, no doubt. Bob, I can tell that you got to go on. I'm, by the way, I'm going to retweet this right, picture. I, this picture of your horse on Sunday is you were 100% right. This horse definitely knows that they won the Kentucky Derby. There's no doubt about it. He but, knows. Bob, congratulations well, again. Me. Cannot wait to see you next week. Thank you for doing it as always. Thank you. All right. The great Bob Baffert, fresh off uh, winning a seventh Kentucky Derby with Medina Spirit, getting ready to try to win an eighth Preakness. Save save some for some other guys. Um, this picture is wild, man. Look at this horse. Look at this horse. Tell me this horse doesn't know that it just won the damn Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Look at that horse. The beast. That horse one thousand percent is quite aware of what a big friggin' deal it is. That is an awesome picture of Medina Spirit from last Sunday morning. Good stuff, man. Oh, that sucks. Oh, Brian Powell, why'd you have to ruin the, the end of the week like that? What? It was announced today that they're not going to do Artscape again this summer. Oh, jeez. Not too bad. Ah, that sucks, man. Ah, it's my favorite weekend of the year. Damn it. Thanks for ending the week like that, Brian. You couldn't have let me wait 20 minutes and then found that out. I mean, I guess it still would have bummed me out, but hard for me to pick my... I really... I, it's, it is... It means... It's, a, it's personal. Like, I've got a lot of particularly special memories that are related to Artscape. Um, sitting around drinking tequila with Robert Randolph and and some friends that unfortunately are no longer with me that I've spent a lot of time with at Artscape over the years. It's the only time I ever got to see Sharon, the late, great Sharon Jones was at Artscape, and my God, did she rip apart the stage. Oh, 
All right, well. I don't know. I got nothing else to say about it, man. You know, I, 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 you know, whatever, whatever. Move on, move on, move on. Move on, Glenn, move on. Here we go. Tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox. We've been talking a lot about John Means for the last two days. And if you want to know more about John Means and Orioles pitching coach Chris Holt and how they've worked together as Holt has sort of taken over the entire pitching system with the Orioles, you can find out more about it in Luke Jackson's cover story in this month's print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town for where you find Pressbox, and read it all, pressboxonline.com. You can pick it up today for free. Tidbits. Tidbits of the day. Let's talk a tiny bit more about John Means, because, well, I don't know if you heard he threw an effing no-hitter. He, to his credit... As I mentioned, had a 1.07 whip before the no-hitter. His walks per hits, per innings pitched for 2020 and 2021 are now under one. They like that. Yeah, that's good. It's quite good. His 1.37 ERA, as we mentioned, the best by an Orioles pitcher in quite some time. Well, over a seven-game span, it's the best since, ironically, Eric Bedard. There you go, in 2006. Okay. <laughs> Means, since September 8, 2020, among qualified starting pitchers, ranks first in batting average against, first in whip, first in WPA, wins per appearance, I suppose. Okay. Second in innings, second in ERA, fifth in war, sixth in swimming, swinging strike percentage, and eighth in soft contact percentage. Not bad. You like to have those Mm. things be the case. Mm. He is also one of 4,555 players who made their Major League Baseball debut since Albert Pujols Mm. played his first game. Sure. 22.8% of all major leaguers debuted after Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols? It's a sizable chunk of time, plus they're... There's more roster manipulation these days than there was sure. in in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Pujols recorded a hit off of approximately 10.6% That's pretty of remarkable. Major League Baseball. That's pretty remarkable. Since 1871. And well, we don't know that he's... We, we think that he's going to sign somewhere sure. and, and play out at least the rest of this season. Uh, that's, I'd say the Angels don't regret the contract. No, I mean, it's... That's a tough conversation, too, man. Like, how much of that is on him? And, yes, he declined. There's no doubt about it. But how much of that is on them in the early years not having Albert Pujols but not in roster that was otherwise ready to win the world? Like, they just never really figured out pitching the Angels for the entirety of his time there. In his 1,181 games, he had the seventh most or highest wins above replacement for any Angels hitter. Six guys were worth more wins above replacement than Albert Pujols during, during his tenure. During his tenure. Or the Angels. Who were they? Well, I mean, Mike Trout. No. What? <laughs> yeah. He's worth more than anybody. I mean, come 77. on, 77.4 wins above replacement. Pujols, in that span, by the way, good for 5.7. Uh, Justin Upton. No. <sighs> Some mm. names you've... One or two, one name in here you've probably forgotten about, probably. Well, two, probably. There's an obscure guy on here you're not going to get, and then there's another one who we just haven't thought about in forever. 
Uh, Mark Trumbo. No. I mean, this is the problem: is the Angels were so kind of like I. I'm. After Trout, the next highest is fifteen point three. There's another fifteen point. I'm stunned that there's a fifteen point three on this list. Frankly, of of this era, not a guy um, who was ever really thought of as a great player for the fifteen point three. Okay. So good luck. Yeah, cool. I'll just I'll just get it then. I don't think you're gonna get these. No, you don't think I'm gonna get them? No. That's a that's a neat trivia that you did. Uh, I wanted to see if you could. See uh, Cole Calhoun. He's number two. <laughs> that's weird. Fifteen point three during that time. Uh, this guy, understandably, on the list off of defense, probably alone. Oh, Angelton Simmons. Yes, fifteen point yeah, one I for Simmons. I, I guess I should have guessed that earlier. Um, now the rest of the list. Yanel Escobar. The rest of the list are all infielders. They're all Yanel Escobar's an infielder. Better than him. Better than you. You you mean to tell me there's better than Yanel Escobar? I don't believe you. All infielders, um, including the guys that are obscure or that I've forgotten about entirely. The guys that are obscure, you would. Well, one of them on the list is somebody that you probably can think of, and he's had his moments for sure in baseball. Not helping me, man. This is postseason not... hero for one of these guys. Uh, David Freeze. No. He was he an angel at one point. He was. I thought so. Yeah. It's hard for me to go back. What year was it that Poolhole signed? It was... It was like 2011 or 10. Hey, yeah, yeah. You're asking me remember who was an angel in the early part of the decade. I'm, I know, right? I'm not... Tough. Luis Valbuena was an angel, right, at one it's point? It's not him. This guy I completely forgot about. He existed. Good. Totally forgot about him. Good. That's definitely Eric, oh Eric Ibar. Yes, Eric Ibar. Okay. Eric Ibar's fourth. What about Howie Kendrick then? Howie Kendrick is okay. fifth. You're on a roll. Keep it going. No, I don't know. I think I this get... guy's a current angel and got an extension before the year. A current angel who got an extension before the year. I don't remember I a current angel who got an extension before the year. Uh, who's a current angel? I don't know that I know any current angels, man. <laughs> no, it's not true. A current angel. Well, Rendon, but he... He's not an angel anymore. What? Isn't he not? Is he? He's a ranger, remember? Remember when I tried to think he was a ranger? Yeah, you tried, yeah. To, you tried <laughs> to put him on the rangers yeah. at one point. That was a weird bit. A current angel who got an extension before the year, and he's an infielder. Yes. Man, I gotta be honest with you. I'm trying to get who is it their third baseman? Sometimes. Primarily, I believe. Yes. I don't I don't know. I don't know who is David it? Fletcher, baby. I we could have been here all day. I wasn't coming up with David Fletcher. <laughs> all day. I mean all day. <laughs> Maybe he's a great baseball player. I I nothing. He I got twenty five million dollars. Nothing on bought out his arbitration right. years cheaply. Oh, good for him. He's one of those guys you like good to have around, you know. All right, tidbit also brought to you by C three American Exteriors. Oh, don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C three right now to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or c three America dot com for a free analysis. Tubular brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia coming up next Saturday, Baltimore Celeb Fest. 
Over 50 wrestlers going to be there in Millersville for you to be able to meet, including the Grade 8 Stable, which features current stars like Brian Cage, who uh, and we'll tell you was also on Jobbing Out this week. Brian Cage, fresh off his big win over Hangman Page last week on Dynamite. Brian Cage on this week's Jobbing Out. Plus, we talked to AJ about his huge moment on NXT this week as well. If you missed it, AJ has been sort of in the background on NXT the last couple weeks. This week, AJ Francis, former Terp, our you know local kid, he made his full-on debut, taking out Leon Ruff on NXT on Wednesday. So we talked to him about that. Talked to Brian Cage, jobbing out available right now um, in the uh, in the radio tab at pressboxonline.com. You can find it there wherever you find your podcasts. And of course, you can meet Brian Cage, Lance Archer and the rest of the Grade 8 stable of current stars for just 200 bucks, Pictures and autographs, all included for next Saturday at Baltimore Celeb Fest. Go right now to grade8smemorabilia.com to get your tickets and to find out more. Also, Tucker Fest is coming up on June 27th, where you can meet uh, the Baltimore Kicker, and there's going to be a dunk tank and live music and cornhole tournament. It's just going to be an awesome day at Jerry's Toyota. Private signings, John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, Jonathan Ogden, so many more. All Find out all of this information by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. This weekend, totally tubular. Uh, try to give you kind of what matters for the weekend. Orioles, Red Sox, Masson for all three games. Tonight at 7, Eduardo Rodriguez, Matt Harvey. Tomorrow at 7, it's Garrett Richards. I guess this would have been Bruce Zimmerman's spot in the rotation, so they haven't made an announcement. I I don't even know. I've been just thinking about John Means for the last two days, so I couldn't even tell you. To, uh, Sunday at 1, Nick Pavetta and Dean Kramer. For college lacrosse, uh, the bad news, UMBC lost yesterday, so they're out. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament. The championship game in the America East will still be at UMBC Stadium tomorrow morning on ESPNU at 10 a.m. Jeez. Uh, between Vermont and Albany. The good news is Hopkins knocked off Rutgers last night. So they're a win away after all that from finding their way into the NCAA tournament. The tough part is they're going to have to beat Maryland in order to get in. So we'll see how that goes. The Big Ten championship game Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network, Johns Hopkins and Maryland for a third time this season. Today, Patriot League semifinals, Loyola Army, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Network, could prove to be a win-and-you're-in type of scenario. Loyola lost to Army in the regular season. They're going to try to change that tonight. The selection show, Sunday night, 9 o'clock for the NCAA Tournament. Some other things that are worth pointing out for the weekend. Not a lot. Flyers Capitals tonight at 7. NBC Sports Washington, NHL Network as well in the rest of the country. Then also tomorrow night again, 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington Plus for the same two teams. Tomorrow night on NBC Sports Washington, Wizards Pacers, 7 o'clock. That's also on NBA TV in the rest of the country. Maryland Baseball on Big Ten Network Sunday at noon against Illinois. Army-Navy Baseball, 2.30 on Sunday on CBS Sports Network. I think everything else, glennclarkradio.com, find it there. Anything in particular that stands out non-sports-wise? Mm, SNL, Elon Musk's hosting. Uh, Miley Cyrus is the musical guest. A lot of controversy surrounding that. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I just the part where he's not funny is yeah, I don't. don't the other stuff doesn't really even in, like it doesn't really matter all that much to me. The part where he's there's nothing about him that's remotely funny. Sure. I, 
Yeah. I have no idea what the hell that's all about. Agreed. Uh, Fox has your requisite animated shows on Sunday from 8 through 9.30 or 10. Last week tonight, 11 o'clock on HBO. Stuff and things. Check it all out. GwenClarkRadio.com. You know, the interesting thing um, is... Michael Che has a new sketch show, apparently, on HBO Max. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Um, The interesting thing is apparently SNL... Like told their cast, if you don't want to appear with Elon Musk, you don't have to. And I'm I'm interested if there's somebody that we're gonna notice is missing yeah, tomorrow night because of it. Like Pete Davidson came out this week. I don't get it. I'm gonna do. You know. Right. I have no idea. I have no idea. Check it out. All right. Uh, thanks or today. Don't. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. Thanks today to Bob Baffert. Thanks to Edward James Almos. And thanks to Quincy Roche. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archive. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Jeremy Kahn. Stuff and things Indeed. coming up on Monday. The bat around tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. Uh, what a week to be talking baseball for Paul and Zach. Make sure you're tuned in for that. Same locations. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. And don't forget, if you want the uh, tickets to the Justin Schlegel Show tomorrow night, let me know at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. It's in Haverty Grace. We'll hook you up for tomorrow night to go see a very funny man, Justin Schlegel, and big time in comedy to support the Kelly's Dream Foundation. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go Maryland or Hopkins. You know, go Loyola across. Yes, sure. Happy Mother's Day to our mothers, to my wife, to all of you that are mothers. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.